1: Welcome to my 481st ever show of all-around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, call in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. I-I-R sports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week, hands down, is the U.S. Open golf tournament held this week here in nearby Brookline. With Matt Fitzpatrick winning in dramatic fashion yesterday, I was on the 18th hole for what will always be a the famous career-defining sand shot by Fitzpatrick. Uh, and it was interesting where after the round he said that hitting out of fairway sand traps is the last thing he'd want to do. So with the shot of his life facing him, uh, he delivered. Got it up on the green on the 18th, and the crowd was absolutely wild, and it was a true sports moment uh, beyond just a golf moment. So I was thrilled to see him win. I had picked him to win, uh, and I'm guessing I was in a bit of a minority, uh, and the reason is very simple. In 2013 i drove down the road 20 minutes to the country club from where i live and uh watched the 2013 u.s amateur uh and he won of course uh and so i'll never forget that sunday just walked around the country club with literally a couple hundred people with that and you kind of enough to just basically circle the green one deep and uh And it was just as much a tour, what felt like a private tour, of all 18 holes of the country club as it was with, uh, you know, seeing a great tournament. The U.S. Amateur's big. I think we all remember Tiger Woods way back in the day at Pumpkin Ridge out in Oregon with the famous uh, orange and white striped shirt uh, and the big hat. Uh, Basically really introducing himself to the world of golf america and beyond and it was just uh just tremendous stuff um to say the least so uh matt fitzgerald was an heir to that crown and again just a really special day i'll never forget it uh but yesterday was even beyond that there's a Uh, truly special day watched worldwide and just highest of high drama uh which is what we all hope for uh here in uh here in boston the crowds were great i went in on uh a few of the days a couple of the practice rounds and of course yesterday was the biggie and just a wonderful wonderful uh boston crowd the weather was good earlier in the week than it uh clouded up and got unseasonably cold, uh, to put it mildly. And so I uh, just enjoyed it immensely. Uh, Packed house yesterday was just uh, packed beyond imagination. Um, it, It felt like even though it's a massive golf course, it felt like they couldn't fit another person in there. Uh, every crossing and intersection, so to speak, with golf carts moving around, as well as uh, tons and tons of people were clogged. Um, and so just, again, the highest of high drama, of course, Will Zalatoris uh, was playing with Matt Fitzpatrick. They were leading going into the final round, and they were the, the last two standing. So after Fitzpatrick... Missed his shot on 18th, his putt, uh, and then tap in for the par. And uh, that left Zalatoris um, alone on the 18th with a putt very similar from a gen- generally the same spot, slightly closer than Fitzpatrick had putted from moments before. And as we all saw, it just slid left of the hole by literally a millimeter. It, it looked like it easily could have gone in with just the slightest, slightest move to the right. And so it was, uh, and he, of course, you know, uh, crouched down in disbelief that it didn't go in. A lot of people were in disbelief. It seemed to be tracking. Uh, if he makes it, of course, it's sudden death. It would have been two holes and that would have been really high drama, but uh, the drama was pretty good as it was. And, uh, and, of course, when Zalatoris crouched down uh, head in his hands, couldn't believe it. Uh, of course, he like just sort of tossed the club over his shoulder. And in that exact instant, Matt Fitzpatrick's family and whatnot, uh, supporters, the team, if you will, uh, just let loose right on the 18th green. It was just terrific theater. And so just a wonderful, wonderful uh, week in Brookline. They did a great job, uh, shuttles back and forth to the course from various spots around Boston, all of which I'm familiar with, of course. Uh, Worked like clockwork, and uh, they moved a lot of people in and out of there on some pretty narrow streets. Tom Brady's former house literally backs up to the country club. He could walk out in his backyard, and he's looking at, the country club holes right in front of them. So uh, Robert Kraft lives in that same general area. So it's a very, very nice area of Boston. And uh, so just really a terrific week, unforgettable in so many ways. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, by the way, made his presence known in a big way uh, as he uh, was right there uh, on the 18th. He had a putt that could have tied him for the lead. Uh, just missed it. Similar, very similar, miss to Zalatoris and, for that matter, Fitzpatrick, uh, all on the 18th. So, what more can you ask for? Sunday, all those three. Uh, it was a those three vying for the championship, all on the 18th hole. So, just great stuff. And on Wednesday evening, I'm a member of the Golf Writers Association of America, and they put on a reception that evening after the practice round and. Curtis Strange spoke to We Media Golf writers and broadcasters, and he was fabulous. He, of course, won the 1988 uh, U.S. Open at Brookline, same course, country club. And he uh, had a, ter- a memorable sand shot himself, uh, and then had a sudden death against Nick Faldo the next day and won. And so it was, he, he was just really a uh, great storyteller. Very affable guy, and it was really fun to listen to Curtis talk for uh, for about a half an hour or so. And uh, that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is, again, I talked about this last week, but Boston being the battleground throughout the week for the battle between the PGA Tour and the upstart Live Golf. Phil was the face of Live, Phil Mickelson, and he was simply awful. Uh, I think he had finished way over par. Did not make the cut, needless to say. Uh, so it was hot, the hot topic throughout the practice rounds where Brooks Kepka even said he was sick of answering these questions. And then, uh, but once the competition got going on Thursday, you didn't hear a whole lot about it. Uh, the drama was reduced considerably, as it should be. Um, and then it was pretty much, for the most part, all about the golf. Uh, and I don't think people were even thinking much about uh, you know who was a live player and who was a PGA Tour guy and that type of thing. Uh, but it certainly made for an interesting start to the week and, and high, high drama. Well, my low light of the week is the Celtics losing the last three games, three straight, after holding a 2-1 lead. That seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, they lost, of course, to the Golden State Warriors, who... Hoisted the trophy uh, on the parquet here in Boston at the TD Garden. And uh, my overall thought on the whole thing is uh, that uh, basically the Celtics ran out of gas. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks and Heat, Miami Heat series were absolutely brutal, super physical. And, you know... The Celtics, I'm not making excuses for them. That's just my personal take to lose the last three after holding a 2-1 lead. Then Steph went off in game four with 43 points. No surprise. You, you know, the Celtics are in these games. Um, but, you know, and the Warriors are a great team, just a great team. And I, 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 I love the Warriors. I've been watching them since 2014 or so, before their first championship. Uh, worthy, worthy champion. Uh, it was disappointing to see the Celtics again. And they were in some of the, basically in all of these games to a degree, but none of them were like close down to the final minute or so, um, which is a bit disappointing. Um, but the Warriors, all credit to them and Steph Curry, who I love watching play. There's no basketball player I enjoy watching more than Steph Curry for the last decade, practically, or not quite, but eight or so years, and uh, so it was just good to see him um, finally get his MVP and just nothing more I enjoy in all of basketball than watching Steph Curry shoot threes, and he did a lot more than that in this series, uh, driving down the lane often um, around Celtics, big men who just couldn't keep up with him. no surprise. And uh, so it was great, though, to have the finals, the Celtics. What else can you say? They went to one game short of as far as you can go, which would have been a game seven. Um, So for the viewing purposes of fans here in Boston, it was great. It was just uh, went deep into June. Can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, And lastly, before our break, shocking result on Saturday night. Out in Colorado, where the two time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, veteran team, they practically read like an all star team, were blitzed. I mean, blitzed seven to nothing by the Colorado Avalanche in game two of the Stanley Cup finals. So, shocking, shocking number. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing uh, because we haven't seen it before. Worst loss ever in the postseason for the Lightning. Um, So, tonight is game three. First game back at Tampa. First two were, of course, out in Colorado. So, tonight feels like the Lightning's last stand. It's going to be fascinating to see how they do, given they're coming off a 7 0 uh, defeat, dominating loss, shall we say, domination by the Avs. Uh, they're at home been to – was at a game there this year at Amelie Arena in Tampa. It's a great take. Sure, Tampa's fired up. Let's not forget they were down two out of the Rangers last round and came back and won it. And they're certainly capable – won the next four, by the way, to win it in six. So uh, we'll see what they got tonight. Uh, And I think it's just going to be absolutely great theater. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. channel listen to the desert ranch podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked hungry and thirsty get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a nine-to-five lifestyle to care for land and livestock the desert ranch podcast with vanessa Rohr on the voice america variety channel
1: the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Where's some America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show and our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how are you doing today?
2: Hey, John, so glad to be on your show. Doing very well.
3: Thank you.
1: Well, so glad to have you on the show as always. And I know you love golf as much as I do and have covered many tournaments. And so I spent the week uh, at... The US Open in Brookline, both practice rounds and more importantly, yesterday's final round. And I talked about it, of course, AP in the first segment, but let me throw out a stat that I forgot to that sums it all up. Matthew Fitzpatrick from England won it, of course. And uh, the 2013 US amateur, he won it there. I was there all day that Sunday, walked around all 18 holes with a couple hundred people, and Uh, and so I picked, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick to win it because I watched him win at the country club before. And, uh, most importantly, and here's the stat AP. So he joins only Jack Nicklaus. There are now two people in the world who have won both the U S amateur and the U S open on the same course. Jack won his two at Pebble beach and Matt Fitzpatrick. Won his two, of course, at the Country Club in Brookline. And AP, what a stat, huh? <laughs> when you're on a list that includes that is. only you and Jack Nicholas, that's some special stuff.
2: Yeah, and I don't know how many times that's been available to complete that task, but uh, it's probably rare, but he did it. Rare. I mean, the pressure side, you can't do it any other time. That's it.
1: Correct, correct. And again, you know, and he talked often, which is why I picked him. He talked often yesterday and kind of throughout the week, but certainly yesterday as he's holding the trophy in his hand, he just said, you know, his familiarity with the course and more importantly, the fact that he won there gave him just, you know, endless confidence that, like, I can do this. And he did it. And I felt the same way. I just thought, you know, he's he's walked these grounds before. He won a massive, gigantic, important tournament. And, uh... And he was like, whatever, 16, 17 years old. He looked like he was 10. And now he's in his 20s, and he looks like he's 16. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Young-looking guy. yeah, Very likable guy. And AP, another great story. I couldn't put it in the first segment. His brother, who was his caddy in 2013, and he was like 12 when he was his caddy. Literally. I mean, I, I stood within... Five feet of both of them on countless occasions that famous Sunday in 2013. So his brother, who I guess is a golfer as well, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, was not. he was in the middle of the pack uh, as, as recently as Friday, if not even Saturday. So his brother, his former caddy and a golf, golfer himself, I, I think he may be on a tour or golf pro of some sort, uh, he flew home. England, to London, on Saturday. He gets there, <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick, this is two days ago, and Matt Fitz, his brother Matt, of course, uh, you know, lights it up on Saturday. He basically lands in England, turns right around and gets on the next plane and arrived at 6 a.m. yesterday. And, of course, uh, had some – his reaction on the 18th when Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris, missed his butt to – give matt fitzpatrick the championship um was just priceless he was beside his mother matt fitzpatrick's mother and it it was it was just great stuff so that's a great sidelight story too his brother basically flew across the pond and back in less than 24 hours if not even less than 18 hours so good stuff these are these are great backstories that i personally love
2: yeah, John, I think golf is a sport that needs the backstories yep. to ingratiate some of the audience, I believe. So that worked out perfect for, for the uh, U.S. Open in Brookline. Uh, you know, f- football, the, there's so many plays. There's uh, all type of excitement within seconds, whereas golf, uh, there's some time where you, the announcers are looking for backstories. They could add to the personality of the the golfer and the event. So, uh, lucky for them, all that, all that happened.
1: Absolutely. No, it was high drama. It went down to, you know, the last three putts of the day, all really mattered. And in fact, decided the championship or certainly whether or not it would go to sudden death. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, already the golfer of the year, uh, put on a show early on yesterday. I followed him around for a bit and he, uh, you know, he had a putt on the 18th that would have tied him for the lead. Just missed it less than an inch to the left. Then Matt Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris, the next twosome up, the final twosome. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick slid his, you know, 20-footer or so left. So he had to tap in to get his par after hitting one of the most memorable shots in golf history out of the fairway sand, and he landed on the green. Uh, after the tournament, he said, "His it's the shot he hates the most in all of golf, which is hitting from a fairway from the fairway sand." So he hit the shot of his life, and then uh, so Zalatoris was closer. So he had the come down to the final putt of the day, AP, and he had the exact same line, just slightly closer as Matt Fitzpatrick had just moments before, and he slid his. I swear, AP, we're we're talking the width of a piece of paper. Uh you know, by the whole, a quarter, an eighth of an inch would be an exaggeration. And that was that. And then, again, Matt Fitzpatrick. And more importantly, his family just erupted. I was on the 18th. And it was it was really good stuff. Um, high drama. Just what you want, right?
2: Oh, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, to, to come down to any, any game or contest or match that comes down to the closing minutes or final attempt to win it the match the game the contest t- television executives uh, they're exuberant i mean you, you can't hold them down
1: exactly exactly and yesterday was a bit of a bonus and to be right there for it because uh you basically had in effect three putts to you know kind of not decide the open itself but you know, two of the three, you know, Scheffler and Zalatoris were deciding whether or not the match would go into sudden death, which would have been two holes immediately following. Uh, People were running to the first hole from the 18th. Um, The, the you know, after, before Zalatoris is shot, thinking, you know, he might drain it. And if he does, I want a good, good perch on the first hole uh, for what would have been the first hold of sudden death. So good stuff all around AP, uh, just classic Boston crowd. You know, they, they can really bring it in a setting like this. And, uh, and they certainly were loud, uh, just roars all day long. You know what I'm saying? You were there when Sergio Garcia won the masters on the final day. And one of the coolest things about a Sunday at a major, as you learned that day, I'm sure AP, uh, you're hearing roars coming from all, of, all over the course, so you're just wondering nonstop, what just happened, what just happened, right, what yeah, just I, happened. It's fabulous.
2: Exactly. Oh, yes, and exactly. Uh, Sergio Garcia was at the 15th, and I just happened to be at that hole. Right. He made a fabulous shot.
1: Yeah, and AP, again, you, you know, you've covered a lot of golf tournaments. You and I have covered the Travelers, which is down in Connecticut this very week. Golfers are literally arriving, and you can drive from Boston down to Hartford, which I'm sure they're loving today. Uh, but you and I have covered a lot of Travelers tournaments, AP, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, nothing like, drama on a golf course and there's an art to being a golf spectator media or not Uh, at the end of the day AP it's all very random you just said it perfectly you just happen to be on the 15th you know yesterday I planned to be on the 18th when the leaders came down but (laughs) you know I I happen to be in a good position for a lot of other great shots Scheffler included early in the round Rory McIlroy on the sixth hole, I saw him drain a putt. Massive crowd for Rory, by the way. The, A lot of Irish rogues were being spoken around me, and I loved it. And, uh, <laughs> and AP, just a massive following, uh, literally, for Rory McIlroy, bigger than anybody else uh, that I could. You know, certainly yesterday. Uh, so it, it was cool to see and cool to be a part of. I followed him for a few holes. Uh, cause he was near the top of the leaderboard. So just really fun stuff. But again, there's an art you're, you're either there or you're not. And there's no way to predict it. Some people like to sit maybe on a particular hole, some on the 18th all right. day long. I can't do that. I'm a, I'm a walker. So I just walk and see as many golfers <laughs> as I can that are still in the hunt and you know you, you you see him lining up a putt or a tee shot or whatever fairway and you just stop and enjoy it and that and you know hope you're going to catch a moment so i have a pretty good batting average over the years of catching these moments <laughs> yeah yeah john you you uh, circulate and that's uh, i
2: think one of the better ways to catch these shots and uh, because as you said there's 18 different uh, courts or fields or you know, holes. I mean, you just can't. It's not like a basketball game, football game, baseball game, tennis. You have to move and circulate around the course to uh, find somebody who's playing well, and, and most more than likely they're going to make a few shots that excite the crowd, and you'll be right there if you walk around. Right. The momentum builds.
1: You know, that's it. Uh, you just learn. You you try to catch where the momentum is building, and that's where that's who you follow and. Usually more than one. But AP, hard to believe. We, we uh, talked the whole time about the U.S. Open, but it's more than worthy, uh, to say the least. Last time it was here was 1988, so it's been a while and uh, just a great week. And I, I know that, uh, again, you enjoy these covering golf from time to time as much as I do. And uh, nothing like it. Uh, but anyway, AP, why don't we take our break? Still have a lot more to get to.
3: Join hosts NavaNav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint, dare to be acquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone.
1: To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, a veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And, A.P., we talked U.S. Open golf down the road from me here in Brookline, Mass., where Matt Fitzpatrick uh, had a career-defining victory Yesterday, uh, but there was also some activity up here in Boston in the past week. <laughs> a little thing called the NBA Finals and AP. Uh, I just want—I I gave my post-mortem uh, in the first segment, but I just want to get your thoughts real quick. Uh, you know, I uh, number one, the Celtics lost the last three games. They had a two-one lead last three games including uh, the final game at the Garden. In my estimation, no excuses, because the Warriors are fabulous, a dynasty. Uh, but my objective, and I do mean objective take, is that the Celtics, after brutally physical series, that both win seven games against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. Uh, they just ran out of gas. Uh, you know, and there's, they, they just... Didn't have it anymore. They couldn't close uh, games. They had the lead in some of these last three losses, and uh, it felt like the Warriors just ran away with it in most of the fourth quarters. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are, uh, you know, but that's just sort of my take. Um, and the Warriors were a great team who took advantage of every single opportunity.
2: Yeah, John, when I was watching that game, and you're, you're observing the, the flow and the rhythm, it just seemed that in the fourth quarter, and maybe the statistics bared out, but they did not have enough shot makers. I mean, that's what it came right. down to as I, as I was watching the ball game. In basketball, ball must be in the basket to have a chance. And they just had Bingo. people that were atrocious in the fourth quarter,
1: particularly. Good word, Atrocious. And, yeah, there's a big saying that we all are familiar with. It's a make-or-miss league, and you just put it in a different way, but you're saying the same thing. It is a You either make it or you don't. Jason Tatum, first team all-NBA, the, the, a superstar who, you know, had a career-defining game, game six to beat Milwaukee on the road back to Boston for game seven where the Celtics win. He just was, at best, ordinary. Um, to put it mildly. So, But he's young. He's 24. Again, I'm not making excuses, you know, but uh, I'm stating facts. But no, he is undergoing intense, harsh criticism here in Boston uh, for his performance in the final game. Six here in the Garden. Uh, you know, he had, I think, 13 points. But the other killer for the Celtics AP turnovers, like you read about, both from Tatum and the team overall. I mean, they were having, like, twenty a game. Um they play a game with you know with their hair on fire, which I think is a factor. You know, they get those rebounds and stuff off their great defense, which wasn't so great <laughs> in the end. And uh right. and they're just pushing the ball up the floor. And that could be a contributor to the turnovers, but the figures are just astounding how many turnovers this team made throughout the playoffs, but certainly in the finals.
2: Yeah, John, turnovers and missed shots, that's not a good combination.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it really isn't. Uh, you, know,
2: you know, what did we lead? Uh, what, what was our, our lead statistics for the game? Oh, we had the most turnovers in the game. We missed the most shots. That's hard to win.
1: Yeah, and I think Jason Tatum himself had the most turnovers by a single player in a postseason ever. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure about that um so that's just you know an example but it was uh you know uh I mean at the end of the day it's all about the Warriors they just uh, I love the Warriors I've my favorite thing in all the basketball to watch AP is Steph Curry shooting threes I've been saying that since around 2014 I went out of my way uh in two thousand fourteen, the year before they won their first championship, but yet they were showing themselves to be special as would and especially Curry. And, you know, I the minute the schedule came out, I bought a ticket for the single visit of the Warriors to Boston that year. They don't only come once a year, West Coast to East Coast for all the teams. Uh Western Conference to Eastern Conference. And A P, uh I'm so glad I did it. You know, he puts on this pregame routine that's now legendary. um, And it was just so much fun to watch him just popping threes. And it always ends his pregame routine by him going into the tunnel to the locker room and shooting one that would be somewhere between midcourt and the opposite foul line. But he's shooting it from the corner where the (laughs) locker room tunnel is located. So, yeah, he shoots it from the from the tunnel. And he makes a lot of them, so it was just so much fun. Um, and I've been glad I have did that for the last eight years, that I saw him early on, and and I've been rooting for him. So a, a bit conflicted during this series, of course, but, yes. you know, I really like Steph Curry. He's, again, watching him shoot three is my favorite thing in all of, in all of basketball and one of my favorite things in all of sports somewhere with uh, watching Tom Brady win Super Bowls. (laughs) Um,
2: So, yeah. Yeah, John, he's so so skilled as well. Oh, yeah. Besides the three-pointers where he dribbles and passes and his footwork and his ability as a player that has some good athletic skill, but nowhere near the level of some former greats that you've seen through the years that their athleticism was off the chart. I mean he doesn't have a tremendous vertical uh leap number probably he's not the quickest guy but with the ball it's hard to stop him i mean he gets to the basket at any any time because of his
1: dribbling skills yes he's a wizard a magician with the ball in his hands uh he was spectacular throughout, throughout this series and the whole postseason, and uh, you know for you know every time a big man like Al Horford got had him out around the foul line top of the key i mean he just would blow by any big man and it seemed like when he wasn't hitting threes he was driving down the lane for pretty easy layups um and his defense has improved dramatically um he, he you know he, he's just great and uh, at the end of the day it's very simple he's the greatest shooter in the history of the planet period <laughs> There is no further dispute on that topic. and uh, so I, I, which I, Who doesn't love a guy shooting three-pointers, right? Right. You could pick him in a horse game and feel confident. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And the way he gets off his shot, I mean, you can't give him an inch or he'll get that shot off. And obviously, more often than not, he makes it. You expect him to make it. And that's what makes, sets him yes. apart for me, AP. When he takes the 35-footer, He's maybe the only person this side of Larry Bird, you know, who you expect he's going to make it more than you don't expect he's going to make a move. Ninety-nine percent of the league over the years, that somebody's taken a thirty-five footer, footer, and you, you're like, oh, wow, what's up with that? <laughs> that's not going in. But with Steph Curry, it's the exact yeah, opposite.
2: Yeah, yeah, John. I think he has the greatest range I've ever seen. I mean. Yeah, I'm trying to remember anybody who's. I mean, remember downtown Freddie Brown.
1: Absolutely.
2: Right, and right, right, Dale Ellis. I mean, all I can't the think Monroe. of anybody that has the. Yeah, I mean, that has the range of uh, Steph Curry in history of basketball.
1: Well, exactly, in AP, and that's the difference. I mean, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, the former best, greatest three-point shooters ever. They just weren't shooting from that far out. I mean, so Steph Curry, highest compliment you can ever pay him, he changed the game of basketball. It's different now. Um, It just is. Everybody wants to come down and fire up the 30-footers, and a lot of them are making them, you know, but not as routinely as Steph makes them. Uh, But, yeah, again, he changed the game the way the game of basketball is played, certainly at the NBA level and really beyond. It trickles the whole way down. I guarantee most kids are going down at the playground are not, you know, dunking. They're shooting thirty footers. <laughs> that's what they want to do. That's what that's who they so. want to be. Yeah, I think. Oh, totally. I've yeah. seen it. I, I I will stop and watch kids playing on the playground from time to time. Um yeah. So that's probably the highest compliment you could ever pay him beyond. He's the greatest shooter ever. He changed the game, the way the game is played. So it's impressive. It really is. It's amazing.
2: Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I just never thought I'd see that in basketball. I mean, I, the other person I remember from years ago in college was, let's say, Imani Tao. He was about 5'5", five five and... He would launch from way out, and he would only receive the two points for that shot because that was in the 70s. And right. And we, there's yep. a few others, you know, as we're, as we're speaking, they come to mind, but it was rare that any, any coach would even let a player attempt those
1: shots. Yeah, and I'll throw out a couple names as we go to break here. I'm sure you remember. P. Maravich, Rick Mount. Calvin Murphy. They all played in college at the same time, and they were all spectacular shooters. You can make the case Rick Mount was the best pure shooter ever until now. Um, He was born to shoot. But, yeah, but they just didn't shoot from that far out. That's my point. They they were fabulous, but they weren't shooting 30-footers because that just wasn't the game back then.
2: Yeah, John. I mean, those three guys, that was interesting. They all played at the same time.
1: They did. 30-plus point scores. And of course, marriage was 40 points. But
2: yeah, I was those a kid. three guys in in one year. Yes, in one year, that, that was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I was in like grade school, 19, whatever, late 60s, as I remember, 69 maybe. Um, and I'll just never forget it. Uh, it. just That's when I fell in love with basketball. That's what made me fall in love with basketball that year or two when they were all in college lighting it up. Uh, but AP, it's hard to believe here we are, end of our Second segment together. So, why don't we take our final break? Still more to get to on the other side.
3: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: On the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All
0: the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts.
1: VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call in expert, AP Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Tampa Bay Lightning hosting Colorado Avalanche at 8 p.m. on ABC. And AP, uh, tonight feels like the Lightning's last stand as their two-time defending champions of the Stanley Cup. Uh, down 2-0, lost two games in Colorado, including the worst ever postseason loss Saturday night. They lost seven to nothing. Like it's beyond belief. <laughs> um, and so they got to win tonight, AP. Just that simple. Um, although I wouldn't even put them 100% out of the running if they get down 3-0. But they're they're playing it. Emily Arena in downtown Tampa. I believe you're familiar. I know I am. I saw a lightning game this year and have been to, you know, the area often, including on nights when lightning games are being held. And the streets are jumping in Tampa any night of a lightning game. And they're going to need everything they can get from the crowd tonight, AP. It's uh, back to the wall time.
2: Yeah, John. I mean, it's always interesting when you have a championship team, they're trying to repeat add to their their championships and and see what they do because uh, you know it's a home game that yep. you think they should win but but hockey is it's a different kind of sport i mean basketball for instance you're playing at home you're familiar with the rims hockey you're familiar with the ice but you still have to get it in that goal and it doesn't happen it's not uh continuous Scoring uh, in a hockey game—it's once in a while.
1: Well, that's exactly right, and it's—you know—you you you can't take your eyes off it for a split second, or you're going to miss the goal. And sometimes, when you're looking right at it, you know they're so fast, they shoot so high over 100 miles an hour the puck that some—it's you really have to focus, and sometimes even then you miss it. but, AP, it's going to be fun. Um, you, you know, uh, let's not. Just to close it out here on this topic, they were down two over to the Rangers, lost the first two in Madison Square Garden, come back and won the next four. So, a return to home. Uh, everybody who's Lightning fans are hoping for a repeat of win tonight, win the next home game, and see what happens from there. And uh, But, AP, you have an exciting week coming up. Uh, And we want to hear all about it uh, before we close out the show.
2: Yeah, John, I'm I'm looking forward. I'll be at the Manning Passing Academy this week. And that's where you have quite a few high school quarterbacks that are trying to get better. And the most interesting part is is two. Well, there's three things, really. It's the prospects that are uh, in high school and from all around the country. that are some terrific players. Then you have the camp counselors, which are the, some of the starting quarterbacks right now in college football. And then you have all the Mannings. So it's it's really uh, fun to be there and, and, and watch the young players that are competing in the camp to watch the counselors. They have some competitions as well. We get a chance to interview them uh, and then also interview the Mannings about their camp and some of the players that they're watching. And this year particularly, right,
1: they have the the grandson of Archie Manning probably be there exactly how you took the words right out of my mouth a p It would be a great opportunity to see the number one prospect in the country quarterback prospect. I think he's a junior and uh and yeah, it's Arch Manning he's Cooper's son. Cooper is of course, the brother of Eli and Peyton. And the son of Archie, of course. And uh, so, yeah. And Cooper himself has his claim to fame. Uh, you know, funny guy. They're all funny, actually. But uh, he's a particularly funny guy. Yeah. That had little segments on Fox football pregame shows and whatnot. And I really enjoyed his sense of humor a lot. He, he did like a college bowl series with Peyton as well, and he was like sort of the funny guy along with that. Uh, So, Arch Manning, hot topic. I know Georgia's very much in the mix. I think Alabama is as well. Texas. Um, So, that'll be fun to watch him. Have you ever seen him play, AP?
2: No, I have not seen him in person, so this is even the first time, and looking forward to seeing him and some of the other quarterbacks that will be there. And, and like I say, talking to the young quarterbacks in the camp, the college yes. quarterbacks and the, and the Mannings as well.
1: It's going to be great. AP. I'm, I'm envious. This Manning camp has been going on for a, a number of years and it's, you know, it's, it's famous as you would well expect. The first family of football, the Mannings putting it on and, uh, so it's just going to be great. Um, and, yeah, you're going to get to see some of the top current college quarterbacks as well as the future. Tomorrow's – I mean, if you're a good high school quarterback, you know, you're going. Or you're certainly hoping to go. So it will be the creme de la creme.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, probably so because you can learn from so many people. Oh, yeah. And where can you have – where can you visit with 40 starting – College quarterbacks, let's say. Correct. What, what camp? Not too many. Not too many.
1: Not too many. Not too many at all. And this one has the cachet, without a doubt. It has for many years. You, you know, when you hear the Manning camp. Yeah, most you know. definitely. Oh, definitely. Well, AP, have a great time. We'll be looking forward to hearing all about it next week. And thanks, as always, for, uh, for a great show yet again. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.
0: Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.